I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined. As always, by my co-host, RedderMaps.com, who witnessed a big win for the Dallas Mavericks tonight. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? The Mavs are back, baby. They're back. <laughs> um, no, okay. You so, said we weren't going to do this till the end. <laughs> all right, no, no, we're not going to do it now. But the uh, I, have, I actually have a question. Today, I'm going to tie this in. Today was election day. Big day for America. So, question. Did you Beto on the Mavs or did <laughs> Did you cruise on by with I don't know how to even make oh, some Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> uh a question. In the spirit of election, what if NBA head coaches were voted on by the fans and el- <laughs> were an elected position by the fans? <laughs> I think you just proved why our democracy is crumbling. <laughs> Would Rick Carlisle survive a fan vote right now if he went up against two competitors in a vote? All right, so a- it's so it's Rick Carlisle, Jason Kidd, and oh god, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> it, wh- is Jeff how- Van Gundy the Ted Cruz of of, of NBA coaches? <laughs> um. I just, I don't know. That's been, I crossed my mind. I'm like, what if head coaches were an elected position by the fans? Did you see the, yeah. Did you see that poll that I posted on, on uh, Twitter of the Mavs Nation Facebook group? They voted. I did not. They voted on which coach that they would want to have if, if Rick was fired. Jason Kidd was number one and Rick Carlisle came in. You lie. You are lying. Nope. How, why do people think he's a good coach? It was like 85 votes. It wasn't like a ton of people, but. Yeah, it was, wow. it, was the, it was the vast majority of people. And they could write in candidates. So, like, the 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 main idea was that if Rick Carlisle got fired, who would, you know, be who would be the best coach to replace him? And Not Rick Carlisle and Rick Carlisle was fourth. <laughs> wow. Like he would get fired and be replaced by himself. <laughs> and then uh Avery Johnson got some votes. I mean, okay, sure. So, cool. Anyway, <laughs> All right, we're going to recap the uh, the Mavs versus the Wizards game. It what was, a uh, game. Man, the first half was super the fun. The Mavs are back. The first half, he said we weren't going to do this. The first half was super fun. The Mavericks hit 13 of 23 threes, Isaac. They were they started off okay, the whole story so far this season is how the Mavericks suck in the first quarter and they get down in these like super deep holes and you're like, "Man, they got to climb back out of them." Like Batman and like the uh, one against um, what movie is it? Against Bane? Dark Knight Rises. Like, yes, he's stuck in the and he's stuck in that whale and he climbs up it. Like that's the Mavericks. Every first he's stuck quarter. in the whale. What'd you say? What? What's he st- when he's stuck in that little thing? He's like he's trying to climb it up. It's not like Get Jonah. off, Jonah. It's like Jonah the big fish. <laughs> he's stuck in the whale and he, he wouldn't go to Nineveh. Um, but <laughs> I don't think Batman they start. Would have come to Nineveh. They start. <laughs> he would have just bought Nineveh. Um, <laughs> I own you it, now. 
He, he, the Mavericks start off on a se- seven, seven. <laughs> the Mavericks start off on a seven and nothing run to start the first, and I'm like trying to. Who like, is this re- team? What is this team we're looking? Readjust at? my glasses as I'm watching the TV, and uh, I'm like, what the heck happened? And uh, but no, uh, I tweeted out something about the first quarter, and I, I tweeted out on purpose because. We, we talked about the three different changes that could happen for the Mavericks. Yeah. And one of those, the middle one, was rotational changes. And that's exactly what happened because the very first substitute that happened was just one single substitution. And it was Wes for Dorian Finney-Smith. Didn't I say that on our podcast? Yeah. An earlier substitution. And... And when you look at how the minutes, and I tweeted out after the first, I said, this is, they're, they're up by 11 points after the first quarter. I said, this is the minute distribution. And it was like Barnes 10, Luka 10. Uh, it was like DeAndre and Dennis at like 9 and 8. And then split even. Wes six at six, 6 and Dorian's at 6. And that that's the that's the whole key to it all. Um, I'm just cur- I'm curious how how it's just going to play out later on. You've seen he staggered some lineups later. But if like you staggered those minutes – Who's going to play um, kind of with the second unit? And we saw Wes, but man, wow, crazy how well Wes plays in the second unit, you know? Like, <laughs> that's insane. Like, that, uh, I think, quote for quote, that we said on the pod, I think we would be much more uh, less nervous or less, um, however, angry with Wes jacking up shots in the second unit compared to the first. And, he jacked him up in the second unit, except they went in. And, man, he was just lights out tonight. Like, lights out with the second unit. Doesn't that just naturally fit so much better? Like, how – you have to look at that and say, man, look how look how that fits. And so smooth. It does. But this is the only way you could do it, though. Because you can't just bench Wes, I don't think. Against the Wizards? No. I don't, well, also true. <laughs> but you can't just bench Wes. I think you have to do this stagger thing where you bring in Dorian Finney-Smith and make Wes like a pseudo-starter. You know? Why can't you just bench Wes, though? I don't know. It's Rick's thing, man. Yeah. It's Rick's That's thing. True. I would bench Wes, but it's Rick's thing. Yeah, yeah. We've both benched Wes. We've both been saying that in the pod. But, um, but yeah, I mean... I, that was the biggest change, you know. They they brought Dorian in for Wes, and then they let him, you know, run. Then they brought in the second unit and all that stuff. And but I mean, that was Wes and Matthews in that first quarter. At the end of that first, just shot the lights out. And even into the, like the second quarter, yeah. they they desperately needed this whole game tonight. Like this, I was just shaking my head towards it. It's like what they talk about in basketball when when some, when your shot's not going, you need to at least get to the free throw line or get a layup or something close to the basket just to see the ball get in. And I felt like this game was that that they needed to see the ball go in the hoop. They needed to see something go well. They needed to see something go right to right the course. Um, you could say the Wizards also needed that thing. <laughs> Ooh, we'll and they, talk I guess about they kind of got end. it against the Knicks the other night. But um, man. That team is that team is something else. But Wes Matthews was so hot in the first half. He was six of eight from the field, five of six from three, seventeen points. He was a plus twelve, plus ten. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith was plus twenty four in the first half. That guy ended up. That, we, we didn't. We don't give enough credit to Dorian Finney-Smith sometimes. But he, man, last season we were almost out on him. Because his, even going, his, going into this first season, because we we questioned his shot, his jumper, summer league, summer league, his shot was not going in at all, and he just completely, you know, that completely been, changed it around. 
That's the whole key to him. It's the, been everyone's whole thing for him all along. If Finney Smith can hit a three-pointer, then he'll be fine. And he three can or four be that, He can be that rotational type player. Is Okay, if Finney Smith keeps on like this, is Trevor Ariza your like, goal for him? Yeah, yeah. And, and Trevor Ariza did start out like this, and he started. Oh, yeah. People don't forget. People forget about Reza back in the Lakers days. Was like I don't. Kobe. Oh, of course you don't. But you got like a tattoo on your bicep of him. But like twenty nineteen champions. I'm <laughs> if he can, if he can hit the shot, and man, he's there's there are two rotational players in my opinion that have taken. And I know Maxi's you know like shooting numbers have went down over the past like two or three games. But yeah, I, in my opinion, Maxi and Dwayne Finney Smith have taken those steps forward this season. They took like a Dwight Powell leap from like what Dwight Powell was not last year, but the year before where yeah. we were like, man, we're so out on Dwight. He was the punching bag on this podcast. And then he goes into last season and he, you know, the coach changed his role. And then <laughs> exactly. And then he just, you know, he takes the leap. He improves in areas himself and he becomes this, you know, elite rim roller that stays within himself. Now he did not stay within himself several times tonight, but those are those ten percent plays that he does. Uh, that three that he took. There's a there's that another off like, the dribble shot like this jumper that he took from the elbow. Where you're like, I just no, you're open for a reason, man. Yeah, I just laugh when uh, shots happen like that. Like when Dwight faced up mm-hmm. DeAndre and literally hit the top of the backboard with his like he tried to do like a Tim Duncan. When Dwight shot. Howard, yeah, 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 Dwight Howard. And I'm like, whoa, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> It was awesome. I was uh I was distracted by the uh, the Duke Kentucky game first half, and uh, Isaac texted me and he during the game he said Dwight LOL and I was like Howard or Powell? <laughs> it's gonna gone either way. And I said Powell and he said uh and he said I was distracted and I wrote back I said oh you didn't miss anything new he he bricked a three. <laughs> so all right let's take a quick break and when we come back let's uh let's talk about Dennis man let's talk about Dennis yeah. and Luca. Yeah. So Dennis Smith Jr., man, and so this game went like this. If you weren't able to watch the game, the Mavericks pulled up to this huge lead in the first half. I think they were up 24 at some point. Um, yeah, 24 in the middle of the second quarter. And then into the third quarter, they kind of kept their lead, but they didn't score for a while in the, in the, you know, the beginning of the third quarter. And then their lead just kind of dwindled and dwindled and dwindled until the fourth quarter where it got to be a really close game. And then it had a little hawks hawksish vibe. Yes. And it scared me. And it I'm did. Like, please, please don't do this again. And it was like the third quarter Mavs again. Remember last year we were talking all about third quarters and how the Mavs can't get off to, you know, good third quarters. And I Because was, that first half was absolutely incredible. It even ended on yeah. this Luka Doncic like three pointer and he held it. Him and Luca, I mean I mean Dennis and Luca had this like embrace and they smacked each other's head and they were like hugging him like this is what we signed up for. Like it's like <laughs> it's christmas like this is awesome <laughs> and uh santa's real and but like that's what you're like man this is it this is what we thought this whole year was gonna be and then the third quarter happened and you're like oh snap back to reality they didn't and, score uh, until seven minutes and 25 seconds into the yeah i got super worried in that third quarter <laughs> but what happened when they needed to score luca luca got him a bucket and they have now multiple guys that can do that you have harrison barnes who can do that when you need him to, you have Luca who can do that whenever you need him to, and you have Dennis who can do it sometimes. 
I still think Harrison's taking a little bit of time, though. Like, there's still some forced possessions by Harrison. There's still some mid-range shots that stuff that he's just he he's used to doing the past two years, and it's just not like for this type of system and this personnel. And I don't like, like. I think it, it's just ironing it out still. It's like Kirk Henderson, Kirk Serious Face, posted this photo of him when it, him and his wife first met. And he's like wearing a suit and she's like wearing a prom dress or something. And he has like this lanyard hanging off his keys. (laughs) And you know how everybody used to have those lanyards that like those big, long, like, oh yeah, I I don't know, like ribbon tether things that were hanging off your your keys so that you could, you know, pull them out quick. And it's hanging off and it just looks so ridiculous now. And that's kind of what, that's kind of what Harrison Barnes ISOs are. You're like, man, everything else looks good, but that just sticks out so bad. That should not be here. That was something that was okay. Then it was normal then because the Mavericks had no options (laughs) when Harrison Barnes was, you know, ISOing out all the time. And he was efficient in those ISOs too. This is what we're going to refer to it as now. It's the lanyard, (laughs) the lanyard plays. (laughs) We have the 10% plays and we have the lanyard plays. (laughs) Yes. And these are the the lanyard plays from Harrison Barnes. Sometimes you need a a lanyard play like that. Sometimes you need him to, you know, put his head down and get a bucket. Uh, It happened in the fourth quarter. There was a, I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, I think he came off a screen, like kind of at the free throw line off his shoulder, and he hit that mid range shot, and like that was like that's his thing. And but when you come off a screen, I'm like down for that. It's the isoed out and all that stuff. But it'll iron itself out. I'm, that's the least thing I'm worried yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. He'll uh, he'll turn in his lanyard for just normal keys again for sure. <laughs> um, but Dennis Smith Jr. Man, when he's driving and when he's aggressive. It just seems like he's. More... I love how all y'all took shots at me on Twitter over me saying driving. <laughs> well, you just <laughs> you guys can go look at his tweet. He just said he enjoys when Dennis is driving, and we are all making jokes about him like driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> so many people like quote tweeted and replied, and like I'm like, oh my gosh, get off me. Well, you know when one person does it, everybody else has their own version of the joke. Yes, yes. But Dennis finished with 19 points, seven assists, four boards, two offensive, only three turnovers. Uh, a steal that was really big, um, and he was plus ten. He's two of three from three, uh, six of fourteen from the field, five of five from the free throw line. That's important too. <laughs> he had an incredible game. Like yeah, and it incredible. wasn't as efficient as as you know games that we've like. Uh, what was that last game that we looked at? Maybe it was the the Knicks game where he had you know all these points and he shot well from the field and but didn't have anything else and didn't seem like he was doing anything else and. And this is why you can't just look at the box score because this game was so much better than the Knicks game, but he didn't score as much. He wasn't as efficient shooting, but there's other things that helped him. His one, he was driving, and that's been, I mean, how many times have we said, I have to refrain on tweeting out the like, hey, if you listen to the pod, you know we've been saying this because I don't want to say it all the time, but like we, you listeners know that we've been, (laughs) we've been saying on this pod over and over again, like, him driving. We even brought out the stat of like how many points in the paint JJ Barea had compared to Dennis, and how like that's just dumb because JJ's like four foot nothing, and he's chasing the ring in Mordor, and freaking Dennis can he's jump still, out JJ of the gym. JJ still though. JJ had a finish. It was like a reverse layup in the half court. It wasn't even like a transition. He was like in half court and had like yes. a reverse layup. He does that thing where he turns his back to the basket and he's straight up vertical. He's not like, you know, spinning or ducking or, or, you know, trying to scoop shot anything. He just lays it up behind his head very casually. 
people will always underestimate the athlete that JJ Barea is. It, yeah. It's the most underrated thing, one of the most underrated things in basketball. And I'll never forget when Melvin Hunt told me this. I think it was two years ago when we were sitting down and before a game, we were just talking all stuff about the team and whatever. And we talked about JJ, and he said, and he that's what and he told me. He said everybody wants to talk about how much of a freak athlete like the Russell Westbrooks and all these people of the world. He said, but JJ Barea is as much of a freak athlete as anybody who can jump 40 inches like this dude is unreal for what he does for his size but full circle when dennis we we talked about how dennis has to drive to the lane and be efficient with that and be able to finish at the rim and all this stuff and man he just had it from the opening tip it felt like that he was going to attack and go and like this like I just want him to dunk it more. Like just dunk it more. Like there's so many times in the paint where I feel like he should just be going for dunks. And you know what? You know what I asked myself? You think okay, and I'll ask you, do you think the Mavericks have told him to cut back the dunks because of the scary landings last year? Ooh. Cause there are That's just a too many times. I don't there are think too so. many times that he is at the rim and he goes up and under or he tries to do this fancy layup. And I'm like, bro, you could just dunk this. Like, and I, I feel like know, it's it more just... of, of the, like how rough the season is, you know, like he can't give it all that every single night. He's not like, he's not like a crazy, he doesn't have a crazy motor like Westbrook where he can yeah. just every single, and nobody has that. I mean, <laughs> literally no one, but I think that the grind every single night, 82 games, I think was, was, you know, killer on him last year, which is why we saw these random injuries late in the season. And, um, you know, around, he only played what, 69 games last year. And so you got to yeah. kind of like pick your spots if you're Dennis, you know, cause it, it probably does take a ton of effort for him to get all the way up there. He can do it and it may look really easy to us, but you have to gather, you have to, you know, do all this stuff. And, uh, but man, it's, it's nice when you get to, when, when John Wall's defending you. <laughs> I'm trying to look for a Tim McMahon tweet. He had a really, really funny tweet where it's uh, talking about Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, Dennis Smith Jr. is enjoying the experience of being defended by John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but Dennis, but he, Dennis was good though. He, his we, we, his yeah. passing skills and his playmaking skills. If you guys saw the you know the Ben Golliver, you know evisceration of Dennis Smith Jr. Um, there's a couple things in there that I disagree with. One of them was his playmaking. He's still trying to figure that part out, I think. But he he is a good playmaker, and he looks for a play, and he'll drive and kick. I, I did a video on my YouTube channel about you know Luca getting frozen out of the offense, and one of the big stats that I brought out of it was Dennis drives, you know, almost twelve times a game, and he kicks out of those drives forty percent of the time. He'll pass out of a drive forty percent of the time, which is a massive number. Like that's a huge number. He's looking, and he's. He's not a black hole. He's looking for players. He's looking for passers. And he had a lot of really good driving kicks tonight. Seven assists for him. His, you know, he had, he shot 42% from the field. He shot 66% from three. And then he had those four boards, the seven assists. Uh, he only had three turnovers tonight, but like, and the steal. But his hustle, man, and yeah. that, that sequence of plays in the fourth quarter to where he had that off that offensive rebound to where like Dwight was just casually going for it. He stole it, ran to the corner, and then took Dwight off the dribble baseline, hit DeAndre for this massive dunk in the in the paint. That was such a big play, and I'm almost positive they went on like a ten to two or ten to four. Yeah, I think, run I think Bobby that said play. that. I think Bobby Crawl said it was like a fifteen to three run at one point after that. Dang. 
So like that's the type of stuff. Like he just he seemed much more composed tonight. He um, the playmaking of Dennis that sometimes you know we question, other people question that to where it's not there on a consistent basis every single night. He doesn't feel like he's comfortable tonight. He felt comfortable and he felt confident. And those are the two words that I just like. I kept going to of the comfortability and the confidence that Dennis has had that tonight. And yeah, I mean that's. You obviously would love to see that every game. He was plus 10 and plus minus and played 31 minutes. And he, I thought it was uh, irony that a lot of people, when he came out last year, wanted to draw the John Wall comparisons yep. and said that he, John Wall's who should he strive to be like. And tonight he outplayed John Wall, in my opinion. I mean, John Wall had 24 points, but I thought he played played better than than Wall did and yeah, well, he took he, 20 shots <laughs> and I he just went nose to nose with him and I yeah I, you can't praise Dennis Smith Jr.'s uh game enough tonight Luka Doncic also had uh the quietest 23 point he led the Mavs in scoring did you it yeah. didn't didn't seem like he did he had a really quiet game nine of 16 from the field uh six boards three assists uh, a bunch of turnovers and a steal but uh, he had some big shots. He had some big threes. He had a, the floater that ended the you know the, the jump shot that ended the drought at the beginning of the third quarter. He had um, the step back three to end the you know the first half that was just crazy. I mean, he it, it seemed like he did take a back seat you know playmaking wise and you know and other things tonight. And uh, if this was a loss, we would be talking about Luca getting frozen out of the offense still. Is he, is he getting frozen out? You know, like, it just seemed like it was the same kind of thing. It was the same stuff that I put in my video, like the breakdown that I did of Dennis getting frozen out. It was the same kind of plays. Harrison Barnes ISOing, West with his floater, Dennis driving, you know, DeAndre Jordan with the offense uh, at the top of the key. Like, it's all the same stuff. Just the threes were going down, and so the Mavericks got off to a, you know, a huge lead to start. I just don't – once again, I don't think it's a freeze-out thing at all. I think – I think the freeze out thing is the biggest overblown thing right now. I I don't because when it comes to freeze out, you immediately imply that like he's getting frozen out by teammates. And for me, and in my opinion, and trust me, people have tweeted at me plenty of times and said uh, that they disagree with me on this. I think it's a system thing more than a teammate thing, and that's way I that's the way I swing on this topic of I think it's a system thing that is designed to me me be more spread out instead of, Hey, like these players actively making decisions to not get Luke of the ball. He led the team in shot attempts tonight with 16. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he led the team in shot attempts, led the team in scoring. It'd be different if Luca was averaging eight points a game and shooting the ball, you know, like eight times a game or nine times a game or something like that. Like 10 times. Hey, I just, yeah, I don't buy the freeze out thing one bit at all. No, no, no. and I and I explained it. You can go watch it on my YouTube channel. But uh, but it just seemed like the offense was running all the same stuff. Just stuff was going down tonight. <laughs> it didn't seem like yeah. The, it just the only big change was really the the rotations. The rotation, yeah that that was our Monday. And Dennis's pod. aggressiveness early. I think that that I think that's a big change because sometimes he's timid early. He takes step back shots and. He can't take step back shots. It's not his thing. That's Luca's thing, and Luca's really good at those. But Dennis, you know, you have to drive. You have to put your nose down and go to the basket. And Luca can't really can't do that. He doesn't have the first step. We've talked about his, you know, his last step, his floaters, 
you know, amazing. Can't do that on so every different. single possession. He went right past Otto Porter tonight, and I tweeted it out. Right, said, right, right. <laughs> like, I mean, that, he just blew past it. But shout out to Otto. I've been a huge, like, I've bashed Otto before in the past. Of, like, he was way overpaid. But the dude shot the lights out tonight, it felt like. Uh, I thought he played really well. But, um, yeah, Luca. Uh, I thought Luca played well. I thought both the youngsters played well. Wes obviously shot the lights out. Um, the bench, I mean, Finney Smith, you know, was the highest plus minus tonight. Finished at plus 20. Had 11 points again. Knocked down three out of four and threes. You can't, I mean... He had no. I mean, he the three blocks. He had. I think. I think it only got counted as one. But he had two blocks on John Wall in the post <laughs> on this play where he just went like he put both of his arms over the top of John Wall and blocked his his post up shot attempt. I mean, he's just stifling like everywhere. All right, let's take a let's take a quick break and when we get back, uh, our final thoughts on the Mavs versus Wizards, and then uh, a little preview of the um, Mavs versus Jazz game that is tonight, <laughs> Wednesday night. If you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, so. All right, Isaac. Final thoughts on the Mavs Wizards game. So we've we kind of walked around, beat around the bush a little bit. Um, we don't want to qualify this win, you know. You don't want to like downplay the win. It was fun, you know. It ended well. Um, the third quarter was a mess, but the first half was incredible. This Wizards team is terrible. Yeah, I mean it's probably their. Okay, it's probably the worst team they played all year. So we don't want to. And they've played the Suns, who are last Hawks. in the West. They played the Hawks, and they've played the Knicks, which the Knicks are not bad. They're a really scrappy team. As far as like worse, as in just like their team, uh, just everything. They obviously have talent on their the team. Their team spirit. Dillon. Their spirit. Team yeah, with the they, worst spirit. It's uh, So uh, the only thing about this is, and we don't want to play the negative Debbie Downer card at all, but. There is a difference when Dwight Howard's manning the paint. Would you say Dwight Howard is a bottom 10 center in the league? Starting Man, center. he wasn't last year. He was decent last year. but Okay, here's the thing, though. But with and this team, I, it's different. And then this is like, what, the third game he's played? So he's still kind of... Dwight know, Howard in there allowed DeAndre Jordan to stay in the paint. Yes, uh, true. And some of these other centers uh, really make it difficult. On... He tried, man. He really tried to pull him out of the paint. He really, <laughs> he, he really tried. And his first attempt was off the side. And also, um, does it play into like the fact that Dennis was driving and people they were getting to the basket whenever it's Dwight Howard and Markeith Morris defending the paint? And that's if you want to look at it and say, hey, this was an awesome win for the Mavericks. They needed this desperately, but the joke about me saying the Mavs back, like don't jump oh jump don't jump over the ship yet and say, Yes, this is it. This is the Mavs are back. All this stuff. This Wizards team is atrocious. They could blow up their team tomorrow and none of us would be surprised. Like the some of the offensive sets they were running and how they they were like Brad Bill should not be like They don't run offensive way. sets. That's Scott Brooks's thing. Like, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday with the uh, um with my guy Quentin Mayo is that uh they don't run sets. <laughs> Don't anything. He just lets it free flow, and this is a team that should not free flow because they'll just your turn, my turn, all of their own players to death. Yeah, and it's just that that team is horrific right now. And Otto Porter played you know pretty well, and John Wall's whatever John Wall. Uh, John Wall is going to be making forty seven million in the two thousand twenty two twenty three season. Just a reminder of that, guys. Um, that's wild. I can't believe fun. that that's a real thing. 
have fun being a Wizards fan and uh, watching John Wall thinking about. You think that. that's an untradeable contract, right? I don't think anything's untradeable. Imagine yeah. he's a forty-seven million dollar expiring contract that Holy year. Crap. And you can combine two $20 million contracts and it's still not equal 47. Oh my gosh. What would you have to trade for? What would you have to send to them? Holy cow. Can you imagine trading Harrison Barnes and DeAndre Jordan for, and still in salary matching one player? No, not right now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that that's it's wild. I know. Like it. Um, but no, just don't overreact to the Wizards thing. This is exactly what they needed, but Utah is is going to be good. Like they can't. So okay, here's my thing. If they go out and lose by twelve or more against Utah, does this erase the Wizards game in your opinion? Yeah, because then you will. It'll all be going back to oh, what's the problem with the Mavs? Then we'll look back at this Wizards game. Like what about the Wizards game? Like well, they're thirteen of twenty three to start the game from three. This Wizards team is awful. They've lost to everyone. Um, you know, it just it just start that all up again. Yeah, I agree. And this is something Bobby tweeted this out that Carlos said, and I just want to touch on it, and I think it's, um, I don't know, interesting. It says, Carlos said the temptation late in games is to grind and call plays, but the Mavs have been better playing flow than running set plays. Quote, Rick, Dennis has earned the trust. Said Smith isn't per- perfect, but he's continuing to improve. That's telling as far as their trust in Dennis Smith Jr., and the fact that this was a huge thing, if you go back to the Rondo stuff, this was a huge thing with Rondo and Rick. If Rondo liked playing this flow, like Rondo liked making his decisions. Rondo wanted to call his own plays. Rondo wanted to run. Rondo didn't like the the helicopter parent, basically, that Rick Carlisle uh, could be on with play calling and stuff like that. And the fact that Rick is saying this now, saying, hey, instead of running these set plays, he's letting it just flow in the fourth quarter. And the fact that they trust Dennis in that role in year two, um, that's 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 interesting to me. And that's, um, yeah, that's cool that he publicly backs, uh, you know, Dennis like that. That gives him, um, whether you agree that he should or not, that's a whole different uh, ballgame. True. <laughs> uh, but... I think it's cool that he would publicly come out and say that about Dennis, and that that's really cool. And they have so much invested in Dennis too. You know, they have. They do. They. I said this in my video as well. You have a season of terribleness, then your top ten draft pick, and then another season of terribleness where you let Dennis be your starting point guard. Where you could have had somebody else start there. You could have, you know, picked up a free agent. You could have done something. You could have had somebody else there as a stopgap, a veteran that you know Carlisle likes. And they, they invested those two two terrible seasons basically in Dennis. And then, you know, they got Luca out of it, obviously, but you have a lot invested in him and you need to, you know, set him loose and try to allow him and put him in the positions to do the things that he does well. And they did that tonight. Yeah, and it him driving it, it and you look at the numbers, the Mavericks shot fifteen of thirty four from three, forty four percent. They only attempted thirty four threes. How many, like when we start off the season, they were shooting like 50. They shot 50 that one game, 53 pointers, set a franchise record and everything. And everybody was talking about this is the new system. This is the new style. The, the only way the Mavericks are going to like win and keep up this year is shooting the ton of threes. Well, they scored 119 points tonight and only attempted 34 threes. And I say only because it's not 50, but, and they did hit 15 of them, but still, it shows you like you don't have to just come down and play rocket style. 
and shoot a thousand three pointers. They only shot a thirty four and they put up one nineteen and one. So that's Bucks style now, man. It's Bucks style. <laughs> Bucks style, man. The they're, Bucks are they're, throwing up so many threes right now. <laughs> they are launching uh, the three pointers right now. But it, yeah, this game was this game was huge all the way around for the Mavericks. You, I mean, you put it in its own perspective because it's the Wizards, but still, this is, I mean, much, much needed uh, for everybody involved with the Mavericks. All right, what are we looking forward to with the, uh, the Utah Jazz game? What are some trends or what are some things you're looking for in this game coming up on uh, on Wednesday? Donovan Mitchell is, is probably going to, is most likely going to play. He has missed um, a couple games. I actually don't know how many games Donovan Mitchell has missed, but... Um, yeah, I think Eddie Sefko tweeted that it looks like he's going to play uh, in Utah. I mean, it's just a big game. Utah isn't uh, just completely red hot that some, a lot of people thought they would be. And, um, you know, obviously they have Gobert and everything and Ingles. And we've already played him once this year and lost that game. But that um, just guarding Mitchell and how can they can they keep this going? It's the second night of a back-to-back as far as the minutes wise, you know, out of the starters, Luca played the most at 33. So at least you know nobody hit the like close to the 40 mark. Um, but yeah, everybody should play tomorrow night. I don't think it should be any type of resting thing. We're in no place to rest anybody at this point. So uh, this, how big of a win would that be against Utah to win back to back games? The Utah game would obviously mean the most because they're a thousand times better of a team. My, the whole key to everything is the defense. If they can, the, how the defense unlocks things. I tweeted this this morning. And I know we got to wrap up, but I just want to say this: the Mavericks before this game tonight, according to Synergy, the Mavericks were number one in the league in points per possession and transition offense. Yeah, number one. Okay, that was a big thing we pointed out in the offseason too. They shot. They shoot fifty eight percent in transition, which is fourth in the league. And they score 57% of the time, which is second in the league. But they only get in transition 14% of the time, which is 22nd in the league. It's like when they do get in transition, they're great at it. They're the best in the league at it, points per possession-wise. But they're they're 22nd in the league in actual getting in transition. So that that tells you one of two things. They're either not getting out in transition enough, and they should because they're good at it. But even more telling... You know what helps teams get in transition? When you make defensive stops. <laughs> and that's when, and before this game tonight, they were 28th in the league in opponent points per possession and 28th in the league in opponent field goal percentage. The only two teams below them were the Suns and the Cavaliers. So, like, you get stops, it opens up transition, which you're great in. You're the best in the league at, at points per possession and in, in, in transition and offense and shooting. So it helps you. It's not just about pace and this fast pace and all this stuff. If you can get in transition, they prove that they're good in transition. So it, defense is the key to everything for them. And if they can be on a string and be like a puppet for as a whole unit against Utah, hopefully we're walking, we're recording a pod tomorrow night with the same enthusiasm and pumped up that they just won two games in a row. Well said. <laughs> as I drink my water. Well said. Uh, Donovan Mitchell missed two of the last three games, so uh, he's just been on and off. But, uh, but yeah, the Jazz are four and six right now, so they're kind of reeling too. They need, uh, they need something to go right for them. They've gone, they've lost their last four games, so they're they're on a losing streak right now. They'll be hungry and want to win. 
Uh, not that they're always not always hungry and always want to win, but you know <laughs> when you're on a losing streak like that and you're a playoff bound team, you want that. So that'll be an interesting game. I think it's how they start. Um, I was looking at the last game between Utah and Dallas, and uh, Maverick scored 19 points in the first quarter. <laughs> you know, you need Dang. to get off to a good start. The start of games is uh, is how you're going to. Um, some people say. Man, somebody in my school said this. I can't remember. But how you, how you do one thing is how you do everything, and how you start is how you finish. I don't know if I exactly agree with that, but how you start is how you finish is you know is a, mm. is a good phrase. And I don't really buy that, but okay. but yeah, I guess you could finish better. But if you don't start good, then <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> such general leadership. <laughs> uh, they need to start the games better. They need to start games good. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, that's it for us. We. Hey. I hope we started this measuring, podcast guys. as well as we ended it. Salah <laughs> measuring. Welcome. The Mej. Shout his first you, minutes. He got uh, a minute and sixteen off the bench. And can our guy Jan Mahimi get some time? Can he get some minutes? Can oh, NBA champion pissed. Jan Mahimi get some minutes? When your team sucks that bad, you got to put Mahimi in. Like, just get out of here. <laughs> They got they got to blow that team up. That's, that's uh, unreal. How funny that's is unreal. it that Fred Katz, the that reporter that was for the Oklahoman, and uh, he's covering Russell Westbrook and these playoff teams, and then over the summer he like was with the Celtics beat, and like was writing for a Celtics site, and then like before the season even started, he moved to start the Wizards beat. And now he's covering this team. I just don't even know <laughs> how you would cover this team. Like, how sad. Oh man. Do people want to read like? I don't know. I just feel like when you're when you you're this like jacked up, like I I don't even know if I'd want to read about him. Like like if I was a fan. Yeah. Well, they but, got the Redskins, I guess, and Bryce Harper. They got Bryce Harper. <laughs> Redskins are all right. All right, there you go. That's it for us. We've already rambled off the rest of this podcast. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom.